this difficult question for a moment or two um, and I'm a little curious if I'm, I, will, I will respond uh, anything currently that triggered this important area of interest for you about death life after death is there life after death what does that mean does it mean anything What's your response if uh, the shoe was on the other foot, meaning I, I, I asked you, which I am, which I am to avoid me answering? <laughs> what, what, what's your response? I can tell you why I'm asking. You can? Yes, oh, but good. I don't know the answer. No, all right, you, then it would be helpful. Um like many of us, mm-hmm. uh, experience in my personal um, life mm-hmm. um, uh, um, a close person that died. A close person died, yes, yes. And um, it's always on my mind. Mm, yeah, yeah. And when someone who is close to us uh, uh, dies, which leaves us with memories and feelings and experiences. What way is that person on the, on your mind? What's, what's can I ask? What kind of responses arise for you when she or he comes to mind for you? The head shake means. No words. Um, let me ask it another way. Is one of the two thoughts more comforting? There is life, there is death, it is finished and it is complete. One common view. Another would be common view. There is life. There is death, there is rebirth or reincarnation, recycling, re-going on. There's another view, very common, religious. When we die, according to our actions and our beliefs, we determine whether we go to God or to hell. And when you hear these views, which people hold very sincerely does any of them resonate touch you more strongly Um. doesn't have to but I'm just curious if in our views of human, human beings of life and death and is there an afterlife people have formed no, yes, it's like this or it's like that I, I do believe that in a sort of way they are um, still with us yes and I, um, I know that I mean um I think that they are still uh, inside yes. each one of us. So, precious to hear. So, there is the, the presentation of the human being who had 
an important impact and some of the qualities of that person have touched us deeply enough that it's resonated and inside with the memory and the perception it seems genuinely that the person in some way or other has left behind as it were something of themselves so to speak and, and that's still with us but would that sense and feeling that someone is still with us answer your earlier question is there life after death in some form or there isn't we just we have this life on this existence and it's complete and it's finished for me it's it's, it's enough but it's enough for me it's enough but I wanted to ask you if maybe because I think in Buddhism what, what I know mm. is um, there are lots of talking about um Rebirth, reincarnation, or rebirth? Reincarnation. So I want to ask you what you think about it. Well, fortunately, I'm not a Buddhist, so I <laughs> don't have the problem. <laughs> but um, I appreciate there's already enough identities in the world without adding another one. But more, more actually, more, more. Uh, uh, importantly, we touched upon in the actually in the talk this afternoon the larger picture. There is this great movement of life. We, you, and I, and us, we're in this great movement of life, and it's a remarkable unfoldment which is going on. And we don't start life with a clean sheet, so to speak. But the long circumstances of history give shape to who and what we are. And all the undergoing changes and it continues in this unfolding process. A little bit like uh, waves on the ocean, we, uh, we we might say. Would it make any difference to your life if you believe in reincarnation or rebirth uh, or some afterlife in some form would it make any difference to your life if you said actually I, I don't believe uh, that um, I believe um, that we have one one life would it make any difference to you either way no but I'm curious about investigating it yeah yeah it is Truly worth, truly worth uh, investigating, uh, uh, for, for sure. There, can we look at it another way? Many, many ways to uh, look at this. There is the birth and death of each day. We wake up in the morning, go to sleep at night. Day starts, stays for a while, and finishes the birth and death of each day. There's the birth and death of our experiences. There have been many over the days here. There's uh, the birth and death of thoughts that come and come and go. Why should we make extra significance to the birth and death of a life? Why should we give take that and give that a special significance, which is belonging to all the other births and deaths. Why do, why, do, why do we want to do that? With sometimes with questions or with anxiety or with belief systems. Why have we made this death as it were, more important than all the others? I guess from some people it gives them um, um, what is it? Um, some relief. Some relief, which, which would be in any people that you know or in yourself, what kind of relief would you say? Is it the relief that something will, that will continue after they die, or a relief, oh, it's over, nothing more, it's finished, I've come to the end of this world? 
the summit's one way and summit relief can be in either direction, can't it? Some people don't want to have any thought of a future life and some people get comfort that they might be or they could be. Have you got any hard you questions? Know, I know, I only me. ask I know. <laughs> I only ask hard questions and I've got my style asking easy ones. Uh, but the reason I ask is, you see, question and inquiry, it's, it's an important area. I do think it's worth a lot of meditating uh, on. I don't want to prescribe some nice, neat answer. And I don't think that's respectful to you. What, what's more important, even though it's difficult, just to listen inwardly with the responses, and I'll give you a response in a minute or two. I think the, the, the understanding is with you because you're human and you've experienced a tremendous amount of comings and goings, births and death, arising and passing, presence and absence. You're used to it, you're human. So I say, why should we give extra to this one, extra importance? What's the question? Why do we give extra importance to my death at some future point in time, what happens to me when I die? Or does anything happen to me? Why? why? It's not. It's not about me. <laughs> no. All right. Um, Go on. It's about uh, the, the the people that um, I knew. Yes. So but one day it will be about you, won't it? Yeah. When you get close to death. <laughs> Yeah. And the whole system says, Whoa, I'm on the edge here. Sometimes I think that um, when it happens, so I meet the people that. Yeah, right. When my, when my, my mother, uh, very, very deeply, deeply uh, religious, and as you said a few moments ago, She wasn't afraid of death because she got so much comfort and consolation that she would go to heaven and be with her ex-husband who she argued with while she was on earth. <laughs> and as my sister commented, the only reason she lived to just nearly 95, because my sister's religious as well, that my uh, father, who didn't even believe in any of this stuff, uh, who was up in heaven, was, would have been up there hoping and praying that she would come as late as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my sister commenting. Who am I to agree, disagree, uh, etc. But for some, it really, really does give a lot of comfort and consolation. That and like my mother would say her prayers every day and she felt ready for this transition because she looked on the, on the other side of it. But not everybody has that and therefore would not have that consolation. So if we abide in the don't know, nothing absolute uh, about it, what could be beneficial about just being in the don't know. Maybe this is the end. Maybe there is reincarnation. That means the self here moving to another. Maybe in this death um, we are like waves on the ocean and fresh waves. As the wave goes down it reappears and it goes down and it reappears and we're all waves on the ocean until we've gone to the deep and stopped being the wave. With any, with not knowing and keeping it deeply open, be in some way deeply beneficial. To be deeply open, deeply receptive, and the mind not coming in with the view. And we might find a resolution. Your head's slightly moving, but I'm not quite sure what direction. 
to, to, to be able to hear it. It's not always easy listening when you've got this gang of people sitting in front of you. <laughs> yeah. I repeat, because sometimes our mind wants to know. We might approach the authority figure, the spiritual teacher. And in the internet, we would like some answers or some explanation. It might be satisfying, it might be not. It might be disagreeable, or it might not. It might be a view we both share, or it might not. I'm not sure, but there is a resolution to this question. There's a very profound resolution to this question, which answers it once and for all. But I don't see it as being in the dualism, the duality, of life and death. So therefore, say, in the response or the answer to this deep, fundamental question of human existence, and it's a very profound one that you've brought up there, can I let the mind rest in not having an answer, not having an explanation, not concluding, oh, I haven't got an answer, I don't know, nobody knows, not leaving at that, at that, because the answer is not in the construction of the mind. There is a resolution, I say there is an answer, it can be realised, but it will not be realised in the duality of life and death. We're looking in the wrong direction. And therefore, the exploration in the deep answers this core question clearly. Enough? Thank you. Thank you. then another invitation any gender Yes, anyone at any time. <coughs> yes, 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 please. Hi. All right with the recording? Uh, yes. Okay. something that that's on my mind 
having killed before and being part of killing constantly uh, other creatures and like what why is it that you don't want to be killed like mm. what's the difference between just dying and mm. being killed you tell me someone comes up to you in the real world mm. and that person has the intention to hurt you, harm you or kill you and you're honestly going to tell me that you're going to say to that person well what's the difference between being killed, hurt and harmed now or later is that going to be your response? No. No. Why? 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 Go and say yeah, yes, yeah, any time. Kill me. Why? Why? Why would it be a bit weird for a human being to have that view? What? What? What's, what's your feeling? No speculation, please. You've got to keep with your feeling here. Um, feeling is fear. All right. So there's some. What? What? What would be the the fear? Could be. Even without the fear. Would there still be a, a response? It seemed a bit unhealthy, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. But mm -hmm. my my question is not how do I react to someone who wants mm -hmm. to kill me. Yes. Let's say I, I got killed or someone did kill me yes what's the difference if I killed by a person or a bomb or I don't know then a car accident oh, or a tsunami or a lion it's not quite quite clear so is the general view or question that you're asking it doesn't matter the way that people suffer and die sooner or later is that, is that the view that you're offering yes. that that you're considering it doesn't really doesn't really matter because everybody's going to die anyway so can drop bombs on children it doesn't matter they'll die is that is that is that what you're asking no what are you asking make it clear then for me I'm asking whether killing is necessarily an act of violence and why is it spe specified that not killing and not harming and not, not just not harming or not committing an act of violence against someone which killing is part is, is another form of it why is it specified and is it necessarily a form of, of violence or harmful to, to your view How much exposure have you had to killing? How much exposure have you had to the willful slaughter? How many wars have you had contact and connection with? How many people have you seen suffer? Sure, not as many as you. I, I have in, in my military service mm -hmm. been part of killing other people, yes. other human beings. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I, I, I have and still um, kill other creatures. And which creatures are you currently killing? Um, insects. And what's the intention? They get in your way. And um, they don't matter. They have no right to live. What's the view? Yeah, some they get in my way. If, like when I work in the garden, for mm. example. Mm. And some of them uh, trying to protect uh, my son from getting beaten. Mm. Mm. Would there be another way for you 
to explore your whole relationship to sentient life, both human and creatures. And the one that I'm hearing. Can you repeat? Would it be another way to explore, for you to explore your relationship to life, both human and creatures? And I'm not speaking as a person who is advocating with the creatures the continual protection of life under all circumstances. When there was a mosquito swamp in the monastery, it was me who said this monastery has to be emptied out and cleaned out because of all the mosquitoes and some risk to those who come to the monastery because of malaria and bites and, and gangue fever and much, much more. So I'm not advocating under all circumstances. But I still want to hear a much deeper voice from you than um, the, current, the current one. And to come back to humans and creatures again, is there a, a deeper way to experience connection with others than the one you're offering? I'm not sure what's the one I'm offering. What I'm listening to, what I'm, what I'm, I'm hearing, is a, is a question, it slightly sounds rhetorical, I mean the question and the answer are almost there that what's the difference between killing and hurting and harming somebody if it's going to happen anyway? They're going to die anyway. If that's not, if it's not what you're saying, you know, I might have got it wrong, do make the question short and precise so I know what, precisely what the question is, but that's the feeling I get. Okay. Um. So, um, again, if I try to make it accurate, why is killing necessary, um, necessarily uh, harming or, or act of violence? All right. The relationship to the killing of another, which to me is an act of violence, and that uh, act of violence in the, uh, in the killing would show to me not only the suffering which is inflicted upon the other, but the killer shows a degree of reaction, projection, and view that this person has no right to life. That a, the killer, in the rage or in the cold-heartedness, is saying of the other, she or he or they have no right to live. And to take away the opportunity for a human being to live in, in, in this world and to deny them uh, that uh, I, fi I find, find that the reason, a major reason not to take somebody's life not, not to even have the wish to do it to respect their right to life and I, uh, I've said many times here and, and in Britain and other, other, other countries that, that respect for life is far more important than the controlling demands of the nation state. And I've said it again, and I'll say it here, and I've said it elsewhere many, many times. Not to submit to the control when people are told to go out and kill other people. And as one Viet American soldier once said to me, and it's simplistic, 
but some truth in it in the American war on the people of Vietnam he said to me war where the most frequent killing obviously takes place he said it is the old rich and powerful telling the young poor and powerless to go and kill each other and he knew because he had been shot by the Viet Cong in, 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 the, in the United States What's your response? Mm. Um, I, I agree with this. Mm. I agree with this view of, of not, as you said, called um, taking someone's life. Um, I'm also against war. I, I refuse to participate in, in war. Good spirit, right. Um, and um, my question is more like on, on the more um, know, different circumstances as mm -hmm. like protection or uh, I don't know um, Again, if, uh, if it's not about human life and about uh, other sentient beings, mm -hmm. then are there circumstances where killing is not an act of violence? And, and you said yourself that it's it's there, there has occurred in, in the monastery. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so it, it so it's like uh, my, my my explosion and my question is where what, why is killing so specifically in the sila where there. Obviously, times where killing is um, needed. Or the, the, the primary, a primary reason for it, in my understanding as a human being who lives on the earth, that our connection with each other, that the protection we give is by support. There are occasions, not of the collective, to blame mm. there. there are occasions when the ending of the life the cow which has broken its back the dog which uh, has cancer and occasionally with the individual human as well who really wishes and has the right to bring an end to their life support that wish I understand that wish for certain people but those actions and intentions are as careful and as rare as possible so it's not an absolute rule it's not an, an absolute uh, commandment but it is in in precise, careful, specific situations and on the larger field we have a whole variety to resolve human conflict through communication and that means diplomacy, it means aid, it means dialogue, it means meeting with people who one finds completely opposite views to one uh, uh, self. It means a lot of engagement, it means total dedication and through all the skills in giving support to people, to the environment, to their philosophy, to their ways of life and much much more, all of that to me has a far more chance of resolving than this endless killing. And I think we have the duty and the responsibility not just to protest about war but to find other ways to resolve human conflict because all war is it's barbaric it's a failure in communication thank you okay thank you
Thank you for hanging in with the question. So, quiet moment and then another invitation. Before we start, I, there's a couple of lovely giggles from you over there. One was yesterday evening. Oh, no, when the, when the standing meditation. And then another one, I think maybe the, the wooden meditation seat collapsed and that got you giggling. Sorry. We, no, 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 no. They, 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 they need some humour in this hall. Honestly, some deadly serious meditators. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a question yes. about your stand towards psychology. 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 Yeah. My stand towards it. Uh, Tell me what, it, what is it? I'm sorry. Go on. What, what it is seemed it? to me in the yes. past few days that mm. some of you. Can't quite hear? Allah, can you hear me? No, yeah. uh, it, it felt like for me in the last few days that there's some kind of uh, anti psychology some stand. What? Some anti psychology stand. So oh, I just wanted on. to. Yeah, mention it, absolutely. psychologists and stuff Give me, re, re, please remind me, I've probably suppressed it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what are the occasions when I've I expressed an, an anti psychology stand? Tell me, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember once you said, uh, thank God I'm not a psychologist. Did I? That's right, I said that. Kind of, it's a uh, um, kind of word. Um, and, and some of my good psychologists in here might think, thank God he's not a psychologist. <laughs> 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 I'd be embarrassed if I was in their network. <laughs> right. Anyway, carry on, sorry. Any any other one liners which are very helpful? Uh, I remember when um guy, guy said, uh, yeah I can say something happened when I was five and no 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 and yeah, but that's not the point. I mean, stuff like that. So, I don't know, it's, it, it was so, few Oh, I see, so the attention is going to go. He's both <laughs> the other one. He's like, no, oh, no. That's the Sorry, I'm teasing. Go on. Me so, too. All right. So, have I said anything at all which is appreciative of psychologists? Uh, today you said something about a girl that her father told her something horrible. Yes, yes. And mm. she had to go to some therapy for Yes, yes. And practicing for right. eight years. Yeah. Has it... But uh, then, also, <laughs> yeah. you were, I mean, I don't know, you were talking about the self-compassion. Yeah, And yeah. how it's a, I don't know, it, it seemed like it's a bad thing. And mm. 
I'm not sure if I agree with that. No, you don't. <laughs> but what might have been my motive today um, in expressing concern about self-compassion? I gave you reasons for it. Yeah, you. I heard that when it's uh, becoming when the the gash. The, the mask is, is, is um, on the on the self. Yeah, exactly. Then it's a problem, of course. Yeah, yes, and and there is some through the repetition. There is some. I have some clear concern that the spirit of compassion is in the engagement for the genuine welfare and benefit for others, and just. A little bit with that. Have you heard me say over the days, last day or two, expressed appreciation for the huge networks of psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists? Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I started with, and my question is just, what's your stand? What's the stance? Yes. Precisely that. So... <laughs> There are a wide range of people in the hall here who, in the working life and outside of it, are really deeply committed to the resolution of suffering. And there's a wide variety of professions really concerned with it, concerned with the causes and conditions for it, concerned with its resolution, and concerned with ways and means to resolve it. So that means that there are a wide variety of people in this hall who are truly applying the core of the Buddha's Dharma, which is the four truths. There is suffering, there are causes and conditions, there is the resolution, and there are ways to resolve. And therefore I say, this army or this network of people committed to this, there's a whole variety of ways of which one of them, as I mentioned, is in here, uh, lived there. And at times, I uh, express concern. So one of the occasions, for example, <clears throat> that sometimes, if there is too much psychology, too much thinking about childhood and the past, a person may be able to analyse that very well with the company of a skilled analyst or psychology, but it may not make a fundamental transformative difference. So the person knows and has followed the track record, let's say a trauma, an unhappy childhood, really knows all, all the influences, but it may not make a fundamental difference. When it makes a difference to a person's life, I think it is genuinely, and I mean this, that process is extraordinarily helpful. There are ways of resolving deep problematic issues without the reference to the personal story of the relationship of the self to another self. It might be called parents, it might be called the bully in the school, or the sibling, or, or whatever. And so, recognising the benefits of the psychological approach, or something, let's say, to be fair, and recognising it, like here, may have its limits. The resolution of the suffering is, for all of us, clearly the priority and there are as I to repeat it a bit there are ways to go which may not have any reference to the past there are ways to explore without knowing anything about the person's personal history and that I think we can Explore as well. Also, as a 
Western Western people yes. that um, I don't know. I'll speak to myself. Yes. All right. Okay. Of course. Uh, as a Western white girl. Yes. Young lady. Um, Woman. Yeah. <laughs> Gone. Who's been taught just to think. Yes. Almost just to think. Mm. And almost no feelings mm. when when feelings have been shown yes. was no that's that's no 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 right i find psychology as a way to prove mm. to 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 make some research and yes. and find the proofs yes. for that yes my proof here yes was that I have good intentions yes. and until not today but this year until yes. this year I was almost sure that I'm a really bad person mm. and yes. that's psychology I, I don't know that's yes. how I see it alright lovely <laughs> so as you say in English the proof of the pudding is in the eating that's <laughs> that the proof of the pudding is in the eating of it. So in this case, and fully with you, if your reflections, that means your thought about, contribute to an understanding, and then you see from your reflections, psychological reflections, you recognize that there has been um, certain kind of views which have been identified with as a white western woman trained in thinking and, and so forth and the benefit of that is you've looked and say actually that is not who I am actually I can see that these intentions are healthy are wholesome are good uh, intentions and that is a precious outcome of those kind of psychological reflections. But it may not work that way for everybody. And people will do say to me, because uh, I've done so much psychological work, there, but it hasn't made the difference for me. And people will come on the retreats here. I've done a lot of retreats, Christopher, but it hasn't made the difference for me. And therefore you say, look, explored this, tried this, here or there. Therefore, to keep heart and mind open as much as possible, okay, are there, which there are, other fresh ways to explore? So that none of us in this room or elsewhere actually think and believe we know the answer to human suffering. To repeat, it is a contribution. And so we need to know our strengths and our limits, what we can offer and that which we have not got the expertise or the insight uh, with. Clear? So I have another question. Go on, yeah, go on. It's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An evolving question. Go on, yes. Um, actually, I wrote it in notes. So Pardon? I'm sorry? No, no, no. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, tomorrow when I wake up, yes. and I, I have a doubt. You have a doubt? Myself. In yourself. If, if. Probably will, if I have a doubt. When, when, okay, when? The next time I have a doubt. In myself or in my good intentions, mm. what should I do? If you reflect this back a little bit, may I ask? Since arriving here, so six days is the evening time. Have you had any doubts? And if so, 
What's the biggest doubt you've had in the past six days? <laughs> it was big. If you wish to say. Uh, I had a doubt. Yeah, I had a doubt in my intentions. If right. I'm just trying to be cute, or am I really cute? <laughs> 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 to impress who? The crowd. The crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Am I cute or trying to be cute? So, would this be a fair way of describing uh, doubt? There is a movement in the inner, in the inner life, in the mind. It can be quite deep, and the doubt easily goes into the either or. Cute or not cute, uh, stay or leave good intentions or bad intentions uh, and it might be that we want to take up or hold on to one over the other and this can create in the holding some tension some, some pressure because owing to the owing to the, the doubt uh, there. so both are going on because doubt requires two movements or more is it important to take up one and try and stop or block the other or could there be another way to relate to it my to answer was, was to, to have them both huh? it was yeah, it is, All right. my answer too okay. it was from here and I'm looking for could agree. So uh, I think one of the talks, yes, no, both, neither, yeah. dynamic of the views. So there is a conflict. There is a doubt. This or that. Shall I or shan't I? It can create, of course, a lot of stress, stress and confusion. The initial response, which is just from the upper part of the mind, might say. I'm not going to go one way or the other. Let me see if I can just accommodate and embrace the two. Initially, it would seem like just another thought about. And for someone who's used thought a lot, like you say, it might seem it doesn't really have the power to change the mode of doubt because it seems like just another thought has come in yeah. about what one should do. It is important to be as patient as possible and like left hand and right hand and you can look at the left hand and right hand. Can I just trust, stay with it quietly, breathe with it quietly and see if there's the potential for something to go deeper. Deeper than just interpreting and thinking about and then there's the potential for those two conflicting doubts either to dissolve, so then it's neither. It's just neither. It's not a matter of, oh, I've got to stay or I've got to go there. Or it's quite clear which is the healthy one to respond to. And sometimes the healthy one, sometimes, is the most challenging. It's not to find the easy one. Yeah. So if there's conflict, to breathe, to be quiet with it, to stay quietly steady with it, there's a trust that it will go deeper than just the thought. There, it may that both of them just drop away. It's neither. Neither view is of interest to you. Both have dropped away, and one is quite steady with that, and one just gets on without the doubt. 
could there be places, turn the question to you for a moment, where doubt is wonderful, precious, and a tremendous step in the right direction? Hand goes up. I think the the first point of it is 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 that it's the good reason. But yeah. when you take it, can you? Like me to to. Is is any example? You can perhaps recently, if you wish, in your life, where you've had a doubt about something, and you realise actually it's beneficial and supportive uh, the, the, the doubt is the start of a, of a change yeah uh, last night when I was thinking about living here and running away home yes right. and not telling goodbye to anyone <laughs> alright so plenty and of others and have I, the, I yeah. know I need to stay and yeah. see that the, the, the reason is in the end, was exactly the opposite. It was the reason to stay. Mm. In the end, but yes. So yeah, it was an answer. Yeah, yeah, sure. So <coughs> thoughts may arise. One of the most popular mantras here is "Get me out of here." <laughs> and there'd be a few people who haven't had these thoughts, including teachers. And <laughs> And despite the wave of the doubt, uh, there one has surfed the doubt. You know, surfing, you can surf, 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 surf uh, the doubt. And something else has been primary. So when there's no opposite, which is doubt needs some opposite, when there's no opposite, then one can be right back with the flow. And the times of doubt is to sometimes recognize and appreciate the doubt rather than fight it. So in the tradition, in the healthy aspects of doubt, because it's a stepping stone towards um, authentic change for some, tradition will say, small doubt, small awakening, medium-sized doubt, medium-sized awakening, big doubt, big awakening. That's got its benefits. <laughs> cool. cool, it is cool, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so we'll have a quiet moment and I'll just give a short reflection. with the uh, explorations and uh, inquiries which uh, take place they there's a kind of dynamic in a certain way in which the exchange is not always easy either for the swallow or for the person uh, sitting beside but there is a, a dynamic, a dynamic which is going on. 
and the dynamic doesn't have a straight line it's not convenient it wanders into the subject and it wanders out as well some of the questions which are uh, asked are challenging uh, questions and so it requires some exploration of what is meant by the question and to some degree the inquiries this evening uh, reflected that it m- might be and is worthwhile in the daily life that when we are asked questions even sometimes the light questions there to actually rather than just answer yes, no, both, neither rather than just answer actually to respond and ask a little bit about the question maybe about the background question what does this mean to you? what does that uh, uh, mean to you? and when somebody asks us a question there's usually a lot more than just the question a lot more about the relationship to life the relationship to people the relationship to uh, oneself and so a simple question from whoever it is could be the opportunity for a really precious conversation with another person and quite often we I I mean with, with children let alone with adults sometimes the children ask it beautiful questions to us and if we go quiet and we say like children ask what would happen to me when I die and then we say oh I don't know and another child said well is there a God well actually I don't know will I come back and live again oh I don't know children ask these deep spiritual questions of life and if we say I don't know they lose confidence in us as the adults and then they will stop asking the questions because there's no adult around who is willing to find out for themselves or just willing to give a lot of time and reflection to these big and important issues of life we, we, we owe it to ourselves but we owe it to our children and we owe it to our children in the classrooms and we owe it to our friends and we owe it to our parents is to keep something alive not with the absolute assurances of things but to ask if we had a major debate what is killing what are the consequences of killing and really made that not having the answers just making that a really important dialogue in our communities it could have massive beneficial effects huge amount of support the questions which are deep and important require from us voices around who are willing to bring them up just as you did here with me and to find other opportunities and to use that liberated voice to ask, to question and we're not all saying we've got all the answers and it's all we don't (coughs) but sometimes out of the dialogue the insights and the understanding come and I know for myself with regard to this with immense privileges as a servant of the Dharma that regularly notebook after notebook have a conversation have an exchange such as this evening I'll go back I remember some of the points that were said to me I'll write them down I'll give some more reflection I'll meditate on, on, on mm. them I'll try and listen deeply what, what's a, uh, a way in the future that I can respond um, perhaps more clearly or more insightfully or whatever it's an ongoing process of listening to another being mindful and respectful of their words meditating on it reflecting on it writing on it learning, learning from it and, and helping to grow as a human being but we need important and deep conversations 
and the big thank you to those who came up this evening and the previous uh, 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 evening because there's a quiet power to that and we can learn from our children and, it can, and receive inspiration from them and we can learn from our partner and we can learn from our friends and from each other our society deserves a much deeper conversation Thank you for lending an ear. The um, time now is uh, 8.50 and if we have uh, the bell ringer would kindly give the bell, thank you, in uh, 15, one five minutes time and then around 10 past 9, 9.15 the uh, short sitting through until uh, 9.30 and the uh, evening hot drink. Thank you and thank you for the precious contributions from those who came to sit. Thank you. Mm -hmm.